0: Have you hugged a ripen, Wagered a podcast bet? Toasted to friends at Clover Pint? Prove it all to your friends with CrossFit merch available now in the gift shop. T shirts, hats, mugs, stickers, and a whole lot more. Your purchase supports the show and keeps us running. Go to Ghostbusters HQ slash shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend.
1: Hey there, friends. Your eyes and ears are not deceiving you. Yes, indeed. This is a new episode of The CrossRip coming your way. Uh, It's still technically on hiatus, but uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife is out, and it is wonderful. Much like a good album, you have to see it multiple times to appreciate it. So uh, see it as many times as you can. This week, we have Chris being joined by the amazing Kevin Lim. Uh, I love him, and they have a really great conversation about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Stay tuned. Spoilers. Spoilers.
2: spoiler Spoilers. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the CrossRip. It's me, not Troy. (laughs) How does Troy do these things? He has a format, and I don't think I ever took careful note. It's just what a terrible co-host I am. But anyhow, uh, technically, yes, we're still on hiatus. Or as I like to put it, Troy's on sabbatical. I'm being lazy. Uh, But, you know, some stuff happened. Uh, Namely, the movie we've all been waiting on came out. Uh, as of this recording, uh, I, myself, and a bunch of other people have seen it in an early screening, uh, including the people who went off to New York and saw it a special premiere there. People all across the country uh, got to go see it at advanced screenings, the Alberta Ghostbusters, and Alberta at a special screening. Um... The UK had its premiere there was all, but as of sound of my voice right now being recorded tomorrow, the movie officially launches. And even that's a weird one because frankly, it started showing two days ago. I, I don't know how movies work anymore, but anyways, the long and the short of it is, is that while I was able to hide away from the world, yeah, there's just no avoiding the movie is out and I saw it and, uh, it's, it's, it's good in so many ways. Chief among them being that there's a lot to think about. I take that as a good sign. The dumb movies, uh, you don't think about them. You forget about them. Uh, stuff that you keep can't stop thinking about. Uh, whether you loved the movie or hated it, that's a sign of a good movie. So, as a workaround, I invited fellow Ghostbusters British Columbia member Kevin Lim on. You've heard Kevin before. He came and talked music with Troy and I there a couple months back, and uh, it seems like a perfect substitute, right? It makes perfect sense that I would go from media Train Troy to daily uh, voice on the radio. Kevin, Kevin, uh, he's kind of come on. He's he was there. Uh, he saw the movie with myself and my son Thomas, uh, and we're gonna start unpacking it. Spoiler alert! Multiple spoiler alerts. The uh, the figurative spoiler alert is we don't manage to unpack even a... Uh, a good chunk of it, we get it. We get into so much stuff uh, in the you know the time that we chat about it, and there's there's so much left. Uh, <laughs> but as a bonus for today, though, Kevin Sonya Morning Show on Kiss FM Vancouver brought a treat for us. Um, Kevin's uh, cohorts there at the Morning Show on Kiss FM Vancouver I made an arrangement for him to interview uh, McKenna Grace. Just surprised him. Uh, Kevin was kind enough uh, to share some uh, outtakes that we can use right here. So um, yes, here's what you need to know. One, uh, I got two different clips of McKenna Grace that uh, Kevin brought in. We'll play those one in the first part and one in the second part. Well, what are these parts you're talking about? Well, here they are. The first part is where Kevin and I talk a bit about the movie in general. Uh, If you're trying to stay spoiler free but wanna get uh, our thoughts on the movie, uh, listen to that bit. And then I'm gonna blow a big old foghorn horn uh, and warn you off. The second part, spoiler uh, We mentioned stuff, you name it. It's, uh, yeah, if you're trying to stay spoiler-free, do not listen in for that one. Yeah, you know what? Let's just get into it. Travis! I'm gonna need that thing back. A trade is a trade. You enjoying that football I signed for you? Oh, absolutely. It's my most prized possession. Funny you should say that, because I'm about to fire up my most prized possession right now. Oh, don't do that. Bad idea. My very own proton pack. (laughs) Sorry, Earl. We still good for Taco Tuesday. This is insane. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, no. Exclusively in movie theaters Thursday. Just say, hi, Kevin, and we'll get into it.
1: Let's do it.
2: Ready? Hi, Kevin. Let's get into it. Oh, just like that. So, <laughs> yeah, just, literally, we're in it. This is this is as fancy as it gets on, on the crossroad. Oh, we're, oh, oh, okay. We're, we're I, talking um, and we're going.
1: Hi, I'm, uh, I'm Troy. It has been a while. <laughs> um, For anybody who's wondering what happened during the hiatus, they recast the role of Troy. That's so. right. Ke-
2: <laughs> season six, is that's it. that's when everybody punches out. <laughs> We've... They recast Troy. I, I like. I want to start the um, the rumor that um, he's on like a Dan Brown story esque sabbatical around the world, like trying to solve some sort of mystery. I like it. Just mostly because I just like the word sabbatical. Technically, he's on a no. He's not really on a sabbatical. He's got work to do. Let's call it a sabbatical anyways, because it is you know it is a million dollar word. It sounds very <sighs> fancy, and it it really <laughs> lends for
1: a lot of interpretation slash rumors. So that's great. It does.
2: Yes. Uh, the downside is he can't be here with us because, boy, you and I, we are uh, so hungry to dig into this movie. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Right? I know. It's. Uh,
1: if, I know that, you know, when you're dropping this episode, uh, there's there's going to be a lot of people who have already seen it and just are waiting to unpack it with friends. And this is, this is what this episode is all about.
2: It is. Um, now, I, I will say it up top and I'm going to say it here again. Uh, what you and I are about to get into here is, uh, just, just some general, you know, we're going to do some thumbs up, thumbs up. We're going to, we're going to eat Siskel and Ebert it a bit where we don't give anything away, but we'll, uh, thumbs up it, thumbs down it, whatever. Uh, I will say related to people who are trying to avoid spoilers. If you're listening to this and you haven't made it to the movie yet, uh, I will warn you when we switch over to the, getting into the nitty gritty, cause it will be spoiler tastic. And I'd like to reaffirm that that third trailer If you've been avoiding it, keep avoiding it. It is super spoilery. Go in as fresh
1: as you can.
2: Yes. Oh, I went back and I watched it. I am so glad I skipped that third trailer. Like, so glad. There is yeah. so much in that that it's just like, oh no,
1: like And listen, you're so <laughs> close right now. Like like it's now in theaters and yeah. uh and, and just a couple you more are, days. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like we have waited so long for this movie. And once you watch that movie, you can go back and watch those trailers, you can watch those interviews, you can watch like uh you can unmute all the words on Twitter and all that stuff, right? <laughs> you can do yes. it.
2: You can do it. You can. Um, I guess, yeah, let's, uh, do you want to be Ebert or uh, Siskel? You're more of a Siskel, I think.
1: Well, where's Roper? Oh, you
2: want to be Roper? Sure. You're showing your, you're showing your, or rather you're, you're, you're showing my age. Thank you very much there, uh, Kevin, but (laughs) (laughs) uh, fine. You can be Roper. (laughs) So, so we're just going to
1: like, so part one, just basically, uh, spoiler free top
2: line general
1: feelings about it.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. For people who are like, uh, you know, uh, did you like it? Like they're looking for that little bit of encouragement about going into it. Yeah. Not spoilers, but encouragement. Uh. Yeah. It, it, that's basically what we can do right now. I and I. It's very simple. I give it. I give it two thumbs up.
1: Yeah, I will say, my inner child, and my adult self, both loved it, and yeah. I could not stop smiling throughout the movie. It was so much. Of exactly what I wanted it to be. And, and I honestly thought that Afterlife was a movie for the generation that grew up watching the original Ghostbusters. And it's also a movie for the next generation because the entire time I was think I was thinking, like, I cannot wait to share this with my kids who will then see themselves and dream about being a Ghostbuster in the same way that we did. And right? it, yeah. it it's such a love letter, as Jason Reitman has said so many times, a love letter to the original, but it's also a love letter to the fans. And uh, you know. I know there's a lot of like uh, critical reviews online that say that it's 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 too much fan service. But listen, this podcast—if you're listening to this, you're a fan, and if you're a fan, you're like service me. I don't care, just service me. That's what I want you to do. I've waited for 30 years. So I like
2: the yeah. I like the breakdown between inner child and outer adult sort of thing. I think this first part is all inner child stuff. This is us on the school ground going. It was so awesome, you know, and they. they the the second part is the adult going that that wants to chew on it more. Um, yes, I um <clears throat> yeah no it, it it I mean it's complicated too. I the, co- once we saw the movie you you were with me. We, by the way, I apologize because I f- after the fact I realized that Thomas kind of forcibly adopted you to sit with us at the theater. Oh, no, it's great to hang out with your son. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I
1: literally sat right beside Thomas. And and if, if you know, again, non-spoiler, uh, right after the movie finished and we were w- sitting through the credits because there's two end credit scenes, uh, I mm-hmm. turned to Thomas, your son, and I said, what do you think? And he said, this is my favorite movie I've ever seen.
2: Yeah, he, he, uh, I, <laughs> as a dad, I'm like that, I. Yeah, it seems to be correct. He's the kind of kid, too, that maybe—I think if he hated it, he'd lie to my face just because he didn't want me to feel bad. Oh, don't
1: break dad's heart.
2: But he uh, he kept talking about it after it on the way home, um, and we drove some of the Ghostbusters of British Columbia home, and they were all chattering away. Yeah, and every once in a while, I'd kind of throw to him, and he'd happily chime in. So it's I, I get the impression that yeah he, I I mean he's nine, so he's got there's other movies coming, and I, I I'm not saying it's gonna stay there forever, but yeah for the moment he's pretty pretty uh, thrilled about getting to see it, pretty thrilled about getting to tell his friends he got to see it early. Yeah, um, so yeah, it was um. It was, uh, but, but at the end of it, um, it's, I was, I was saying on, on Twitter to people, cause I, I literally, if Twitter was like, um, a visual format where if I just wandered in front of the camera and kind of like scratched my head, I'd instantly get eight people going. What what does that mean? Why did you scratch yeah. your head? Did you not like the movie? <laughs> well, like, I okay, noticed whoa, that too. Whoa. A lot of people whoa, whoa. Were, were, yeah, they
1: were uh, unpacking your what you were saying, but also what you weren't saying to the point where like, I, I, I don't think you, you purposely, you know, try to sway it any direction, but people were really picking apart because, you know, again, in the Ghostbusters community, you and Troy have been such shepherds of, of this community coming together and, uh, everybody wants to know, you know, like, does Chris Stewart like it? And what did you think yeah. of the movie?
2: I... I, mean, I yeah, well grumpy me is kinda like one part of me is like, dude, you're the one who set this up over the last couple of decades. What do you you can't get grumpy about it? And the other one is like, I just want to think about it in peace. Leave me alone. Right. Um Well, that's that's what today will kind of help address too is 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 I I it's we're recording here on Thursday. So I've had three days to chew on this thing. After um, one viewing right? Just to be clear. After one viewing. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh university, my university film studies class all over again. I moved to Vancouver in the middle of a university semester and the only class I couldn't drop was a film studies one. And, uh, being the, uh, the weirdo that I was, mid twenties weirdo that I was, uh, I had to, we had to do like a dissection of a movie and I chose, um, uh, what's his name's, uh, uh, Lost Highway. Um, not Ghostbusters. Uh, uh uh no um, boy, name's gone. I don't know why. I took a left turn and I Turbo, can't read the starring signs. Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds is the voice of the the fast. Sure, that's right. Torque, Torque boys, <laughs> whatever the hell that one was. You know, uh, Lynch, David Lynch, is that right? Lost Highway, sure. Twin yeah. Peaks, yeah. Okay, fine. Anyway, his 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 uh, yeah, that that weird. All of his are weird. I don't know why I chose that one. And I wrote the paper on. One viewing at the theater because it was not out on home video yet. And um, I don't know why I put that pressure on myself, but here we are again. I've seen the movie once. uh, I've retained large chunks of it. And over the last couple of days, and and particularly today leading up to our discussion, I realized, wow, there's a couple of things that I need to go back and rewatch because I don't don't have a clear memory of what happened. So I guess we'll see how it goes. So much Um, of the first
1: viewing as a fan is... I can't believe this is happening and taking it all in. And then sometimes, and I don't know if this is the same case for you watching this. I mean, again, you were like right beside me. Your son was uh, the only person between us, but was the recognition of, oh my gosh, I'm watching a new Ghostbusters movie. Like this is what I've lived my entire adult uh, life hoping for and then just kind of letting yourself fall back into the movie. But there's that little bit of, it's like when you have 3d glasses, you know, sometimes you just take them off for a second just to see what it looks like without it. And then you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah." But it's, it's such a a pinch me moment that it's easy to forget uh, a lot of things in the movie because you're just in the moment and you're feeling the emotions and even leading up to the movie. Like I remember I was talking to Ryan Dole on the way home from the studios and uh, he was like, yo, like, it was years, then it became months, then it was 100 days, then it was, like, 400 days again, because they moved it back. But then, you yeah. know, like, then it became hours and then minutes until we actually get to watch this movie. Like, yeah. the lead up to this has been incredible, and now it's here.
2: Yeah. And, uh, again, I think one of the simplest ways to non-spoiler express uh, how I feel about the movie, I, I you may be the same way, you may not. I'll let you speak for yourself. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, tomorrow. Maria and I are going to go see it. And nice. I think I'm pretty much on, I've been roped into some friends that want to see it with me too. And I'm I'm more than happy. Like I'm just, I'm prepared for a lot of movies, even movies I like, I see them once in the theater and I'm like, I'm good. Yep. I maybe rewatch it when it comes out on, you know, on streaming or whatever or. Uh, this one, I'm like, no, I. Uh, it's rare. Uh, well, I mean, I'm you, you. You're like me, right? We're 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 dads with smaller kids, so it's like, we can't always. We can't do what we used to do, which is if we wanted to go see a movie at the movie theater multiple times, we don't really have that flexibility anymore. Right. Uh, but I'm making the I'm making the flex this time. To, he,
1: and, and this is what I will uh, I will recommend because the same conversation's been going through my house is there especially with you know the pandemic there's such a limited window now of of the theatrical release and uh-huh. if you want to watch this movie because you want to take it in again uh, because you love it or you just want to j- enjoy it. Th- this movie will not be in theaters for a very long time. And no. when, when they bring back Ghostbusters in, during the Halloween season, it's likely going to be still the original Ghostbusters. They rarely bring back Ghostbusters too. So if you really enjoy Afterlife, just take it in as many times as you can because you will not have this opportunity in the future. And, yeah. you know, w- w- we talked about, you know, kids. Uh, I... I, I really want to be able to share this with my son who's six and a half or six and three quarters. And, you know, there's the question of, is it too scary? And it all depends on the kid and it all depends on the parents and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, But I I, want, I really want him to be able to enjoy it in a movie theater before it goes away. And you know, the, the only option is at home viewing. And it's very different. This is a theater movie. The first time you see this movie as a Ghostbusters fan, it should yeah. be in a theater.
2: Yeah. I get to add this to the... Uh... The mental palace of remembering seeing the first one in theater the first time, the second one the first time, and now this one. Yeah. And answer the call as well. I first. Well, that one. That one's a special case because that was the the big gathering in L.A. It's hard to forget that one. But right. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. This is uh, <laughs> the trouble with with this is we're trying to express excitement without spoiling it, but expressing excitement is usually based on stuff that specifically happened in the movie. And I find myself fighting the urge to start diving into stuff. I think, I think it, like, I, like I said, I think the thumbs up thing is really the only safest way to go. We, I, I, like, I understand that people are going to go in, everybody has slightly different tastes and all that. People react to different things differently. So, you know, it's quite possible that people are going to go in, uh, and see it, uh, and then come out, uh, you know, with maybe stuff they're not happy with. I don't know. Uh, but I think, it generally, everybody so far has been uh, pretty happy about it. Um yeah. I think most people have expressed it as, uh, I have questions or I have just a couple of little things to nitpick or whatever, but, but none, of, I mean, at the end of the day, I was trying to explain to somebody that we were talking about it and they were, they were kind of vaguely apologetic that like, I just have a couple of, you know, nitpicks. And I was like, so what? That's I have fine. nitpicks about the first movie, right? There's, there's, there's no such thing as a, a movie that you can't, Nitpick a couple of things, right? Like yeah. so, and um, and
1: uh, b- before we enter into the second half of this, where yes. we talk about the spoilers, uh, I mean, you know, whether you loved it or hate it, does this tarnish the original movies now existing uh, as a third movie in in the series? not at all are we no. any, any are we any worse off if you even if you hated this movie are are we any worse off having it absolutely not uh but I think the majority of the consensus of fans uh is the opposite it's we're yeah. so glad it's here and and again this is the this has the been the long rumored movie for so long with so many false starts and so much hope going into it and it's yeah. ours and it's here and it's pretty pretty damn special uh
2: will we'll, we'll- chew into it more, this might even be the segue to the second part, but without spoiling anything, not only does it not tarnish the first one, it is, it is nicely supplementary in that a lot of stuff that I think uh, there's a lot of uh, jaded reviewers out there that are, they're, they're filing a lot of stuff under fan service that I think is unfair because it's not fan service so much as it actually takes stuff from the originals. And almost clarify, fly, uh, clarifies, clarifies. Yeah, you know, I'll go with that. that new Pokemon. Everybody's got to get clarify. Um, <laughs>
1: well, it sounds more like a prescription medication.
2: <laughs> there we, That's right. Laundry list of um, you know, <laughs> ask side your effects. doctor about if clarify. <laughs> By the way, I got a bone to pick, Mister Kiss FM. There, you guys are running that one ad with those people listing the name of. What is it, Sonafax or whatever? Where they're, they not, just... they're
1: not paying you to to uh, advertise. So I'm, I'm just right. going to say, so I,
2: and I can't even remember. It. <laughs> I, I'm I'm mad. At, I'm not mad at you guys. I'm mad at that ad, by the way, because the, all they do is they say the name back and forth with different inflections, and at the end, somebody goes, "Ask your doctor if it's right for you." I'm like, "What the hell is it? Like, <laughs> I don't even know." Well, ask your doctor and find
1: out. I mean, if yes, if sweetheart. your doctor goes, "Oh," anyways, didn't think that you'd be the type of person to use that. You know, read into it, uh, it if you uh, will
2: if everybody wondered if time off would uh, help with my weird little left turns, no, it hasn't at all. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, uh, to help clarify stuff like he, I mean, it's pretty clear even, you know, early on because, you know, it was tied back into the original movies. He'd be touching on stuff from the original movies. Yeah. And yeah, he covers uh, Reitman and, um, uh, Kennen, his co-writer there. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. It's fun. And, and, part of it is revisiting stuff for the original movies, but they also expand some of it. They also, um, uh, do some of it bigger and more bombastic because, you know, it's now 2021 effects rather than what they had back then. They clarify some things that helps kind of take, because Ghostbusters one has the rules of ghosts and all that was kind of a little fuzzy in places and they kind of dial things in a little bit more. So, uh, yeah, end of the day, I I, I, I can't swear you're going to come out of it perfectly happy. Uh, that's that's up to you. That's not on me. But I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure everybody's going to come in, and there's going to be a lot for them to pay attention to, and a lot they're going to think about
1: afterwards. So. I agree. And uh, before we move into segment two, uh, just as a, a small little gift to uh, anybody who's listening and hasn't seen it but still wants something spoiler free, uh, I brought for you a, a little clip from from our radio show, so the Kevin Asani oh. show on, on Kiss Radio in Vancouver, where we had McKenna Grace on the show and oh. I want, I want to share this with you because it really not only is she phenomenal in the movie, but it, you can tell that the movie is special to her too. So here's McKenna, uh, geeking out about her role. Your love for ghostbusters dates back to, well, I, I was going to say when you were a kid, it wasn't that long ago, you're 15 now, but like you, 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 there are pictures of you dressed up as a ghostbuster when you were younger.
0: Yeah, I I was Ghostbusters for Halloween. I was actually Bankman for Halloween in 2017. Whenever I was little, I I have actually a photo of myself and the VHS of Ghostbusters. The first time I ever watched it whenever I was three, I have a picture of that. My mom would have to find it. But I mean, just yesterday on her Facebook memories, the, the day before the Ghostbusters premiere, we got a picture of me. Seven years ago, next to the Ghostbusters car on the Sony lot, the first time I went there, and I sent it to Jason, and I was like, whoa, this is weird. Wow.
1: Jason Reitman, the director of Ghostbusters Afterlife. Jason
0: Reitman, Jason Reitman, the director. I was like, man, this is weird. (laughs)
1: It's it's weird. It's so incredible. And I mean, not only are you in this new Ghostbusters movie, the long-awaited direct sequel to Ghostbusters 2, you are the star of the movie. The movie is centered around your character. It's
0: insane, like hearing you say you're playing Phoebe's Like that's the we- it's still the weirdest thing to me. Just this morning, I was freaking out because I had an interview with Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, and Paul Rudd, and I and I, I was in there and I was like, how am I, I, I I, cou- I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to talk, and I the entire time I was just like looking at my parents, and I was going, oh. <laughs> my God. Just mouthing it at them. And I was like, how am I here right now? I am genuinely so grateful for, for this opportunity and to be where I am right now.
1: We haven't even talked about the fact that you have your own action figure.
0: I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I'm losing my mind over that. I Like, I... I remember talking to Finn um, and being like, hey, man, I know that you have, like, action figures and fan art and all that crazy stuff from Stranger Things, but this is my, like, I've never had anything close to this. I got into my hotel room to do this interview, and on my desk was this, this kind of poster sort of thing, and it was, it was fan art of Ghostbusters. I've never seen really anything like that of myself. And, and I'm sitting here still like staring at it sitting on my bed right now. I'm losing my mind over the fact that people dress up as our characters and that people create this art of our characters. It means so much to me. Like whenever I see it, some I, I don't always respond to it online, but I see it and I lose my mind over it. I text it to my friends and I'm like, guys, this is insane. I'm so happy.
1: You know, This is, uh, as you had mentioned, this is a dream come true. And in many respects, the way that you dressed up as Peter Venkman as a Ghostbuster, you know, not that long ago for Halloween, when you were a kid for Halloween, people are going to be dressing up as your character. You are now going to be this generation's Ghostbuster.
0: You know, I will start crying if I see someone dressed up as Phoebe. Oh. <laughs> I would start crying. I mean, this Halloween, um, I, I went trick-or-treating with my friends, and I saw some people dressed up as Ghostbusters, and I went, Hey, you guys going to go see the new one? And then they went, Yeah! And I went, hey!
1: They had no so, idea who you were, right?
0: No, because I looked so, so starkly different. But it, it was hilarious, you know, seeing seeing people dressed up as Ghostbusters and then getting to be a part of this iconic franchise. It, it's really, really, like, it's so surreal because I feel like I've waited two years for this to finally be able to come out. And now I'm sitting here and it is coming out.
1: So a couple things from that. Yeah. First of all, like infectious. And how do you not (laughs) love McKenna Grace? I mean, she's so good in this movie. Um, But also uh, you forget how young she is still in real life, that she was still trick or treating uh, (laughs) like a couple weeks ago. (laughs) Right. Uh, And shout out, by the way, you know how she mentioned the fan art? Uh, that yes. she's just saw in the hotel room. That that fan art, as we later learned, uh, was actually the one that John Yurkaba made. Oh. Yeah, because so she oh, saw right. John he on the red couple- carpet and he and I have been DMing and he, and he shared a, a video of her saying, this was in my hotel room earlier today and I was freaking out. I'm like, that's the one that she, she told me about.
2: <laughs> that is fantastic. Um, yeah, well, the other thing, I'll have to make a note for myself here because... Uh, You'll be running, by the time people are listening to this, you may have been running your interview with her on your own show there, and I'll have to link people to that. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's... Or cheap plug the, for the
1: Kevin and Sonia podcast available on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you I'm glad the you did because
2: I heard a little bit of Sonia in the background there uh, uh, laughing uh, along with you guys, so... Uh, I'm glad you pointed that out, your co-host, uh, who didn't get to come see it.
1: Aww. No, but you know what? It was it was thanks to her and uh, our producer, Jordan, uh, because I'm this mega Ghostbusters nerd, uh, and and I'm very open about that on the show to our listening audience, they actually made that interview happen, and they surprised me by saying, by the way, we have a surprise for you, uh-huh. and they said, McKenna Grace is going to be on the show, and you're going to be interviewing her, and it was just like... It, It was on the day of the premiere, too, and it was just my mind was just blown. And there's a little bit more of the um, interview that I'm going to play for you here in today's podcast on The Crossrep because uh, when we asked her about the potential of a sequel, uh, I think you you can have some fun unpacking that. So we'll do that in part two in a second.
2: Okay, this is it. This is your warning. Everybody out of the pool if you're trying to stay spoiler-free because— we are about to uh, start talking in specifics about the movie uh, we have to trust me if you haven't seen it yet you'll leave that movie with uh, questions and thoughts and a burning desire to go back in and see it again just to check some stuff that's swimming around in your head um, uh, but yes Kevin and I are gonna uh, we're gonna dive into the deep end now and uh, uh, it'll be full of spoilers and if you're trying to stay spoiler free you know um, there's nothing to skip to I'm not doing news after this or anything like that. Uh, Yeah, don't skip. Press pause, then go see the movie, and then come on back. Okay. Fair warning. We're going spoilery in five, four, three. Spoiler-free
1: zone is behind (laughs) us. Can we talk now about the
2: movie? We can absolutely talk about the movie. Let's just bridge it here for a second with... um, what we just left off on, which was uh, you talking to McKenna Grace there, I—it's I, not spoilery, but I think it will lead to spoilery. It's—it'll be a good lead in. I realized after the fact that they have been keeping it very neutral. I think there's various reasons they were keeping it very neutral because you know some people immediately went to, oh, they're making Stranger Things, Ghostbusters, or, uh, you know, doing it with the kids and not the the originals. This sucks and all that sort of thing. I—I I think they. That, there was a lot of different reasons that they kind of left it as, no, this is a really great, really good ensemble cast. And it 100% is that. But the thing that they weren't saying that I realized coming out is that this entire movie is on McKenna Grace's shoulders. Like if oh, anybody yeah. else yeah. was a little off in the cast, it would be fine. But she had to sell us on being Egon's granddaughter and she nails it. I've seen her in so other good. stuff. So I know she's, you know... I know her as an actress, I know what kind of range she has, and she is acting as Egon Spengler's granddaughter, and if she had been a little off, I, I don't know how this movie would have felt, really.
1: Yeah, she nailed the character and the nuances of Egon so well, I mean, the deadpan, I mean, she's shared videos of behind the scenes, yeah, yeah, right, where she's just like, deadpan, and then as soon as they yell cut, she's back laughing, and you just heard it, right? And like, she's just this this huge, bright personality. And uh, I think you know she did such a great job with it. And then also, um, which I know you also mentioned uh, on Twitter, uh, her singing debut, like her brand new debut song, is actually yes. in the credits. As you're finished watching the movies, waiting for those two bonus end credits. A
2: a really a really great track too. Like I I was um I was saying there on Twitter again because I was talking about her and holding on the movie the movie and it led me to, you know, thinking about the song. It's a really good song and like, not just a really good song. Like I think it could hold up to radio. I'm hoping it gives radio play to be honest. I don't know what Sony music's intentions are with it or not, but if they're not, if they're not trying to at least kind of push it out onto to radio a little bit, I'm really disappointed for her. And I'm very, very disappointed in Sony music. So, well, last it. time
1: I was on your podcast, Chris, we were talking about the music of Ghostbusters and, yes. uh, with one two, and answer the call, there was a very strong soundtrack presence. This movie was very different. It had some songs, but yeah. it wasn't really heavily, there was no song montage. And, um, you know, I, I don't know uh, what has been sort of pushed as a radio single. Uh, I know with Answer the Call, they really try to push the L. King song. Um, yeah. There wasn't a lot of promotion behind the uh, Missy Elliott, uh, Fall Out Boy version of Ghostbusters. Yeah. I, so I don't know what they're doing musically to sort of have that crossover to mainstream radio. But I also know Mechanic Grace has this huge following. She's one point seven 1.7 million followers on Instagram alone. And, uh, so her, her, her brand is continuing to grow, um, exponentially because of this movie.
2: I I don't know that, uh, let's, hmm, I'm trying to think, I know you, you, your time is limited here and I don't want to hold you up too much. And we got lots to talk about. Uh, there is lots of stuff to talk about, about the music. I think a lot of it has been covered, like Troy and I kind of hit on it before when they started releasing bits and pieces of the score. Uh, and the rest of the movie is like that as well. They really, they really, um, they really dialed in on that Bernstein uh, flair and all that. Uh, the thing that did surprise me, though, other than McKenna Grace's uh, little nod there, she hers is. I'm trying to think if there was any other more contemporary songs in the middle of it. I don't think so. A lot of it, strangely, is what what I kind of in my brain filed away as. Uh, Uncle Dan's, uh, jukebox, if that makes any sense. There is a lot of, um, music that if somebody told me, oh, we went and asked Dan if we could rifle through his record collection, I yeah. would 100% believe it. There's a lot of, uh, bluesy or older RB, you know, uh, early American kind of rock and roll that fills out the movie when you, when you, when you, you they're not going to use a score sting they went with and they needed something kind of pop evocative. They went with these needle drops as they... Is that the term? Yeah. Needle drops on... Uh, uh, this is one of the reasons why I am disappointed that uh, I only saw the movie once because I couldn't memorize... <laughs> No, the Shirels you know, are I, I in agree. there.
1: I agree. It was very much in the background this time rather than, you know, let's say Ghostbusters 2 where uh, the courtroom scene ends and it's the we're back and then Run-DMC yeah. starts playing. And, you know, those because those musical montages were so memorable. And then Bobby Brown on her own, uh, saving the day in Ghostbusters 1. I don't think there was that that common thread of a song uh, or at least a contemporary song that, that really had that same sort of place in this movie. It was a very different movie, but I think to the credit of 2016, it's almost better that we had that movie. And I know it was very divisive, and some people love it, and some people don't, uh, and that's okay. But knowing how this movie played out, not being the formula, Mm -hmm. Big City, montage... Uh, the group is coming together. They're going to save the day against this big baddie that's threatening to overrun the city. We had 2016, which kind of did that. And I think if we didn't have that, we would be watching this movie and feeling like, oh, but what if we had a movie like that again? Where we just wanted to see them come together and uh, bust ghosts and, and yeah. do that as a business. So Answer the Call kind of paved the way, I think, for this movie to take a completely different turn without fans scratching their heads going like, oh, but that's not what I wanted.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, going back to the older stuff really serves the same purpose uh, as getting something more contemporary made and all that. But I, I think people are way less uh, judgy, too, of... of you know, older needle drops, uh, it was a bit, uh, bit John landis let's, let's just say, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of there for it. Um, let's, uh, I mean, I don't honestly know that you and I are going to be able to touch on anything, but there's a few things that I kind of wanted to get into. And I, I know, um, uh, you did this on your show, uh, you did. You, you you kind of offered it up as something we can do here, and unfortunately, I heard it, so I would have been cheating. Was you were talking to some uh, fans after the movie about whether it whether it made them cry? Like, uh, uh, well, let me ask you. I don't know that anybody asked you. Did you have your? Uh, I it's what I call um, Iron Giant moment. Did you have your Iron Giant moment?
1: <laughs> so um, all day long, I was feeling very emotional. I was also running on very little sleep because uh, we mm. had some pretty uh, devastating floods here here in the Lower Mainland yeah. and, you know, on our side of the, the world. Um, but I was feeling just very emotionally uh, heightened that day. And uh, I didn't have a big sob session while watching the movie, but I, I felt incredibly moved in a way that the originals didn't move me. And I, they all said that, you know, that this is a very emotionally driven movie. And now that we can talk about the spoiler part of this, because this is in part yeah. two of your podcast, for me, what really got me was seeing the words for Harold. Yeah. And I'm still getting goosebumps just just when I said that right now, because when he appeared on screen and he did the, the thing with Phoebe at the very end and, you know, helped her hold the proton pack, it was so cool to see that. But as soon as you see them sort of almost break that fourth wall and pan up to the sky and then you see four Harold, it was just like, a, oh, maybe now I'm crying. <laughs> it's a yeah. delayed, delayed reaction. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that was that was pretty powerful.
2: They And it, it was an unusual format. It was one of the things that I, I, I noticed right away, too, is, yes, they had their third act. The third act really brought uh, everything full circle with Egon. Uh, and at the end of it for a second, I was like, oh wow, you're just leaving it there because in movies, when they do the, for whomever that's it's it. right at the end of the movie, it's over. Yeah. And yeah, they pan to the night sky and they said for Harold. And I was like, wow, that's a weird place to, that's a weird way to, and then it kept going. I'm like, oh no, they just really, they actually kind of bumped it up from something that people kind of may have blur out or glaze. Over yeah. because it is at the end of the movie, and made sure that everybody looked at it. And nobody really should have forgotten it, anyways, because this entire movie from beginning, like, I, was that the only place you kind of got all misty? I, let's call it misty eyed, because I, I didn't I didn't bawl or anything either, but I do. Verklempt is the, a very good word to use in this situation, because it's exactly, you know, you're not sobbing, but you're a little choked oh, yeah. yeah, you suck it back in. You're like,
1: uh, <laughs> There it is. Okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. Um, I, the other part of it was, and, and it wasn't because of sadness, but it was just overcome with with this childlike joy, was just seeing the guys again back in suits. And that was exactly, it, it hit the right notes. When they came back yeah. and they, they were there to help save the day and you saw Bill Murray and you saw uh, Ernie Hudson and Dan Aykroyd back in gear. And it was just like, Wow. I mean, And I know like the the Plasma series toys kind of spoiled it a little bit because yeah. you, you already saw it but still seeing it on the big screen was
2: incredibly
1: fulfilling and satisfying
2: still. Yeah absolutely. I w- this is the interesting thing. This is why I, you and I are just going to tip of the iceberg. I may even have to like Kind of reach out and talk to some other people and, uh, and all that as well just because I think there's a lot of variety of – well, actually, I, I shouldn't be surprised. I, I Everybody was going to touch this movie and walk away, you know, touched entirely differently. For me, I, it hit – I got gut punched like three times in the movie. Okay. The, the first one was the cold opening. With Egon and the silhouette of Egon, right? The silhouette of Egon. Yeah, we never see Egon, but it's pretty clear it's, it's him. <laughs> I don't know that I don't know that Straits will know it, but we knew it, right? And, um, you know, just to see him again was a uh, a, a, a already kind of got to me, and then the way that cold open ended was, um, him done wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't as I imagined it, but it was something that I kind of felt the movie needed, like in early speculations, which was Egon needs. We know he's gone because Harold's gone, right. and if they're going to deal with it in the movie, he needs. Uh, he needs. He needs. A, he, he needs to exit the movie as a hero, and he yeah. did one hundred percent. But what I was surprised to learn is I don't think. I think. I think a lot of people just kind of thought maybe the stress. Of the situation is why um, like he passes away at the beginning, and oh. if you're still listening and you didn't want spoilers, <laughs>
1: here we go. Um, you chose the wrong 15 seconds to skip because you skipped the whole like spoiler oh, part. Uh, boy, um, yeah.
2: <laughs> he, I, my interpretation of it, and I, I could be wrong too, but the way I read it was, is he was in the middle of his plan, which was yep. to essentially break up the 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 elements that would free Gozer again. Um, it, it feels a lot like he had, uh, if I, I got it right, he had the, uh, gatekeeper trapped because there was no real explanation how the thing ended up in the floor, unless I'm forgetting something from the movie. Uh, and what we saw was the, the key master, uh, coming after him, like he was prepared to trap it. And when that failed, right, he, he knew what the next step was, which was he's playing chess. This is the beautiful part about that chess thing. That got me a little Choked up too, because I think a lot of people just saw it as a, a mechanism for him to kind of have his first interactions with Phoebe. It's like, no, Egon's galaxy brain, and he was galaxy braining this, and his big idea failed, and he knew that the next step was... Uh, Keymaster would take him over and go do what we saw Paul Rudd's character do later on, which was undo everything he accomplished to that point to keeping Gozer out of our dimension. Right, and we see him flip over the PKE meter into the Taser and zap himself, and it drives off the the Keymaster. And I think a lot of people went, "Oh, he, he, you know, he drove it off." Yeah, but if he's still alive, it's coming back. I think Egon took himself out of the equation, which is kind of oh. horrific, but that. That's it, like I saw it as Egon, Egon's last move was he had already secured a couple of pieces and to make sure that the, um, the key master wouldn't, uh, undo it all. He took himself out of the equation. You know what? I
1: didn't, I didn't watch it that way, but again, you know, on the first viewing, there's so much to, to yeah. digest. Um, I kind of had just assumed that, you know, he just fell prey. And, uh, but now when I watch this again, uh, and I watch it again and then again after that, um, (laughs) I'm going to watch for those small little nuances of, of like when that PKE taser makes contact and the taser, by the way, like that didn't make too much of a huge, um, appearance in this movie, despite the fact that I thought that that was going to be a a sort of a big new kind of toy. Um, because literally the toys featured the taser, the taser, which
2: is a little weird, but we won't, we won't worry about that for now. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and there were there were a couple of sort of red herrings in there too. Like I thought the uh, the the Shandor um, character was going to lead up to something big, and then of course you see Gozer basically rip him right in half in two yeah. point seconds. Uh, you know, it's just like oh, all I thought there was going to be more to that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I well, you and I are one hundred percent on that one. I think everybody probably did too. Like it was strange enough that his like initially. They find his Ivo Shandor's body, and I'm kind of like, oh, well, they buried him with his, you know, his in his pyramid sort of thing. I guess that makes sense. When he then kind of came to life, it's like, oh wow, there was something. He had a bigger plan, and we're not hearing about it. And he's gone. And I'd like to think that this was, this was, and let's put it this way: they put uh, he's not credited. uh, I don't believe, but J.K. Simmons played Ivo Shandor. Right. And as somebody pointed out to me, Jason has a um, a history with him. In his yeah, movies.
1: yeah. He's They've worked together a lot. I think I swear I saw his name in the end credits, but there wasn't a lot of pre-promotion about him being in the movie. Why they kept it a secret, I'm not really sure because I'm sure it would have been
2: fine to let people know that he was going to be someone in yeah. the movie. Um, well, we knew he, w- there were suspicions he was going to be in it though because I believe he was like seen somewhere or it kind of leaked or something. I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. Like he was in Calgary or something like that. I can't remember now the details, but, but at the end of it, uh, I like to think that they saw it as if this is where Ghostbusters story comes to an end and it is a kind of a wrap up, uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, then good. It's well and done. And thanks to my friends for coming in and playing with me one last time. But like you say, it is so abrupt. I like to think that they then go on the other hand, if this does what we all wanted to do, which is to lead into more stuff, we're going to come back and, uh, revisit Ivo Shandor somewhere, somehow. Uh, I don't know, limited Netflix series alongside uh, Vigo one after another, pull a Marvel. I want to see the Ivo Shando Shandor miniseries. And then the Vigo miniseries on Netflix. Um, (laughs) I, uh, they, they have, they have the actor to do it. They have J.K. Simmons, not just some guy that kind of looked okay for the part or whatever. They have a name actor that can, uh, can really, uh, dive into this sort of thing. So what Um, were the,
1: if, if I can, if I can pick your brain now, Chris, like what were the one, what were the parts of the movie where you kind of, um, you wish there was more of because for me it was, I wish there were more references to Ghostbusters too. Uh, I think you know um, seeing yeah. Ray's a cult was kind of it. I don't know how many more. Um, yeah. Not that I was expecting Vigo to show up. Not that I was expecting, and it would have been great to see Janos. To I, I was secretly, se- secretly like crossing my fingers that Janos would somehow show up. <laughs> um,
2: they uh, well, let One is the other time I got a gut punch was when Phoebe called Ray. So the, uh, the your reference to the Ray's occult, Ray right. still working Ray's a cult. And she calls him. I saw, I kind of realized where they were heading when in jail, she, he's like, you get one call. And she call? reaches and pulls out the paper. Yeah. And who are you going to call? Right. Uh, uh, and I, I turned to Thomas and I'm like, oh, and Thomas is like, what? And I'm like, you'll see. And yeah, that, she calls and that the was right. in the
1: trailer. That was in the, the, the non-spoilery, you know, before everything shut down, you're know, like, You saw that, right? That was in that, that about three months ago, that trailer.
2: We, we saw that we knew that we were going to raise a cult, but I, I skipped the third trailer, So which, which, which does give away that Phoebe calls Ray at raise a cult that, that, that they touch on that bit in the trailer there. Right. So I, when I realized that, Oh, this is when it comes in and I was like, this is very exciting to me. That's a, was very emotional. Um, because that was the first connection back to the ghostbusters that were still, you know, around in the, in the, the movies. Yeah. Uh, world. Uh, but, and this is, I'm not wandering off your question here. It is the one bit that I wish, I don't know that there was a better way to do it. I'm, um, I'm by no means a filmmaker anywhere near, uh, accomplished to anybody who considers themselves a filmmaker. So I don't have a, a better answer, but Ray's, the call to Ray, for the most part, was very emotional and, you know, him going, you know, when, um, having this chat with her. And then he kind of vomits out everything we missed since 89. Right. And I'm like, I really wish this could have been parsed out somewhere else or paced out. But the way the movie is, I don't know how you could do it. Like, unless you make the scene way yeah, longer. In, in a way,
1: though, there would be no uh, logical, huge impact in the same way that it played out in this movie of bringing the guys back for that final big battle yeah. because had you seen them earlier it would have taken away from that that big chaos. yeah
2: I mean I guess there might have been a, a way to do it that after the third act and they they save the day and all that and you know Venkman's joke about we're you know going inside for cocoa or whatever there could have been maybe five minutes of Ray gets to exposit a little bit more about you know, how things went off the rails and, you know, his disappointment that it did. And that's the place that he could fill in a bit more, like all the stuff that, that, you know, it could have been a fine mystery too, as you know, why having a conversation with her on the phone, why is Ray so mad at Egon? And he can kind of hint at some stuff and still get the same thing. I don't know, but that's the one bit where I wish there was more just air in it. And I don't need more content, but just more air in that whole thing to, to, you know, Fill us in on everything, everything that we miss. That's the one trouble with this movie is, yeah, they had like thirty year window to cover. <laughs> like, yeah, and the but one. you know
1: I, this the movie, uh, you know, very broadly, I think was a great bridge, and yeah, it absolutely. told told a story, resetting, reintroducing the characters, uh, but also setting it up for the future, which yes. which takes me to the the post credit scenes. Reading into it, uh, and, and I've got a little clip of what um, McKenna Grace told us on on my radio show uh, about a possible sequel. And you can read into that in a second. But mm-hmm. but did you think that that post-credit scene, specifically the one with Winston at the very end and bringing yeah. the Ecto-1 back to New York and the fire hall and, you know, do you think that that confirmed a sequel or it just set the scene
2: very nicely? I think it set the scene. Uh, just just pragmatically I I, I don't th- I don't think doing uh, this movie five years after the last movie 30 years after the original ones I don't think anybody was necessarily going to throw a green light there was a chance because we did hear a lot about how people reacted to the script and all that sort of thing and how p- happy people were with it and all that uh, but I think it, it it felt a lot like like I was saying with JK Simmons I think it was a good setup for if we do move forward and if nothing moves forward, it's a nice place to leave it that the universe, you know, we can all walk away and imagine in our heads how Ghostbusters continues from that point. We know, we know that Winston is going to, um, uh, you know, he's going to, he's going to be the, he's taking care of it. He's the Tony Stark. He's the Batman of the group, right? He's the guy with the money. I actually, we left it the, 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 the theater and I, I made the Batman reference, and then somebody else made the Marvel reference. I was like, eh, different strokes for different folks. But yeah, same thing. He's um, he's the guy then that promised he put the car back in shape, which is a nice little nod to I'm not going to leave it fallow, which I think was a nice nod to to fans who were like, how t- certain certain Ecto fans that were like, how dare you dishevel this right. beautiful car for this movie? Well, he's going to put it back in shape. Don't worry. He's bought the expensive piece of property. Um, maybe I think we. <laughs> What did he do? Kick out the Starbucks and then they dusted the place? I don't, I don't, (laughs) I don't know. They they
1: cleaned up that Starbucks pretty quickly. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you know, I I think it set the scene really well. And I think uh, knowing how uh, Answer the Call ended, which was, again, very teasery for a sequel, talking about Mm who's Zool, right? Do you remember that at the very end? And it was was almost like, we're trying to protect our hearts right now from looking too much into it. But here's what McKenna Grace... Uh, told us on the show when, when my co-host Sonny had asked about the uh, the potential sequel.
0: I bet you, uh, you know, next time when they come out with the new Ghostbusters, do you think that could happen? Do you think there's talk about it? Because there's been so much hype over this one. I mean, I, you know, I can't say things. Uh, I know ah, things, ah, okay? Ah, but, um, I mean... I think that there's more than a possibility that there that we could uh, do another. I mean, I think if the if the people really like it, then I, I would hope to. I think that that would be great. You know, I mean, it's Ghostbusters. I would die.
1: Very um, diplomatic answer, I mean, McKenna. We'll see. <laughs> see, see, she's. I'm
0: so sorry. I didn't hear that. The um, reception on this hotel phone is so spotty. It keeps on, like, cutting in and out, and it's so silent.
1: That's okay. We're basically telling the entire world that McKenna Grace told us that uh, there is going to be a sequel, and you've already started production on it. That's fine. Wait, what?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, man, trust me. I'm sitting here with my fingers crossed. I'm like, man, I hope that we do another. I hope I get news of something like that soon.
1: So you know, treading the line there, <laughs> trying to be a little coy. Uh, if you yeah. were to read into it, do you think that uh, she she did know something that she just didn't couldn't say yet?
2: Uh sure. Let Let's optimistically say that the 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 older uh, crotchety cynic in me is um, contractually she's she's ready for it. Does that make sense? Everybody's been locked down for super success, and then they're going to go make new ones. So. Because there was a hope uh,
1: that during the, the the lockdown and the delays that they had already started secret production in the, in the same way they did this whole thing in secret when they started yeah. the pre-production and there was already like a trailer uh, or a teaser when they announced it, uh, that maybe there had been already work on writing a sequel and greenlighting I, something.
2: Yes, I would actually more than, than willing to bet, podcast bet, that... Um, given the reaction he was getting from people and, uh, and throughout production, like not even just from the script before he went to production, but throughout production and everybody's excitement throughout. Yeah. If he's got room to breathe, I'm pretty sure he, he and uh, Gil Ken there went to work and, um, and started at, at least, you know, treatmenting out where we, I, you know what, to be honest, to, to kind of set up the way the end of the movie, the way they did, I almost think you kind of, they have their wall of sticky notes to where that all goes anyways. You right. don't kind of plot out the end of this one with, you know, optimism about where it's going to go. Especially if like, for example, we're right about JK Simmons was chosen because he's a name that can carry a thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I, I'm not willing to say that they've gone into production. I don't think they have. And I think that's waiting to see how this weekend goes and all that sort of thing. But uh, I definitely think they they have their plan about where they want to go with it. So uh, I'm going to I'm
1: going to try to bring this home here because I'm going to break the fourth wall. Your time uh, is out. Yeah. This uh, yeah I I need to get out of these uh, these studios here because uh, another show is about to start. But I will say uh, this movie was was everything that uh, I think a fan could have hoped for. Uh, we are better off having this now finally in our lives. Will we have another sequel? Because now now there's the okay. Well, now what? Uh, I mean. It's like going on vacation, right? You look forward to planning it, and going on vacation and like there's so much excitement there and then the vacation is done and it's awesome and you have its memories and then you kind of feel like oh, I I don't know if I feel empty or I just I'm ready to plan another vacation, but if the movie does well, boy, I'd love to see these characters back again, you know, Phoebe yeah. and and you know, see what they do if they bring back a little bit more of that formula of busting ghosts as a business with Winston now at the Helm yep. and you have the montage brought back that sets the
2: scene so well for that to so happen. So well. Yeah. I think I think Rudd's been set up well to potentially yes. be a new ghostbuster. I have my suspicions about putting uh Bokeem Woodbine in there for, as uh Lucky's dad, yeah. uh, a trained law enforcement professional in a small town in America who then has his big run-in that we didn't find out like the town got hammered by ghosts and we really didn't see a lot of it played out and he kind of disappeared. And I'm kind of like, ah, there's a guy that might, you know, make a pivot shift. Uh, once his tenure as sheriff is up to be a ghostbuster, I could, I, I, I do that. So.
1: Yes. I can't wait that, to hear what, uh, Troy has to say about it too. Cause I, I saw on Instagram that he finally got a chance to watch it as well. And
2: yes, we're all going to have to, well, we're going to be talking about this for years. Let's just leave it at that. The movie is a success because, just like the first ones we are going to be dissecting and staring at this movie and rewatching for years to come. Absolutely. Kevin, thank you man. I'm sorry I ran a little long on you there dude, but uh thank you thank you for coming playing sound nerd soundboarding with me.
1: Of course. I've been waiting all week since you told me that <laughs> uh you know there would be a chance to fill in for Troy for a little bit because uh, I mean there's there's nothing like unpacking this movie with people who appreciate it uh, just as much and uh, yes. thank you to you and the Ghostbusters of BC and Sony Pictures Canada for allowing me to experience it with you on that first premiere screening night uh, it was a very special experience and uh, I'm glad that we got to geek over it for a little bit now here on the show.
2: And we're we're gonna do it more. There's talk about the Ghostbusters British Columbia, we all we'll all get together for something. So everything we didn't touch on today, we're gonna to pick up uh, ASAP. Love it. Love it. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Chris. Who you gonna call? We got
1: it. Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters
0: Interdimensional Crossrip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, uh, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net.
1: It used to be one of my two favorite shows. Everything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that.
2: We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. <laughs> Next week, though, careless Cats. We're <laughs>
1: so
0: The second that's cold outside, and you see, I've got something to give, and I'd give it to you a hundred times over till you screwed me over, just like the last time. Saying it was the last time, I paid the price, staying alone in my room after what happened in June. I'm thinking I really loved you, and maybe I still do, but I think you're honestly something I needed to learn. A ghost never leaves a haunted house